Hello, and welcome to the Canyons Are Calling podcast. I'm Charles Jocelyn, your host for the show. Today's story is a continuation of last week's episode where Tina fell 20 feet with a person that she met on Instagram. If you haven't yet listened to this that episode, please go b- listen to that episode before you listen to this episode. This is an interview with the person that she met on Instagram and the person that set the repel and caused her to fall the 20 feet. Um, he has asked that I keep his name out of the story, which I am going to respect just because when the accident happened, he already had enough ridicule and he has a lot of guilt surrounding this trauma. And so it was a year and a half ago. He's trying to move on. He just wants us to learn from his mistake so that we don't make the same mistake when we're out, which is commendable. I'm just really happy that he was willing to talk to me and, you know, tell us why he set the anchor the way that he did, because I honestly have never heard of doing a double strand rappel when both ropes are not on the bottom. Um, If I ever have done a double strand rappel, we put one rope through, it falls to the ground, we put the other rope down to the ground, and then we rappel with everything on the ground. Uh, Never have I heard of somebody just not blocking the rope and rappelling with one side out of the backpack and one side on the ground. So um, it was just really interesting to me. And I don't know how many other people have used that setup, but it just doesn't seem very safe to me. So I just wanted to get the word out um, so that, you know, more people don't end up hurt like Tina. Um, I am going to keep this introduction short because I left my battery at my mom's house when I was away this weekend, and I just didn't want you guys to have to wait for another week until I could get my charger returned to me. So here is my story with the Instagram guy. So Tina, I met her on Instagram. Uh, She just was doing adventure stuff. I had posted some things about me going canyoneering with some other friends and she she liked it and she commented and so i reached out to her and so we both said oh it looks like we like to do fun stuff outdoors and so um it was actually interesting because i mean i'm single and i've dated people and stuff and so it's like uh when i when i met her i'm like well why don't we go sometime and she's like i'm down and that's very (laughs) very rare for that to happen and then it actually happened you know um like even up to the week before i was expecting her to actually cancel um so then we went the first time what's the first time that you guys actually met in moab oh okay yeah Yeah, we met that weekend Wow. Yeah. Okay. Besides just talking on Instagram, we talked for a few weeks, you know, but that's about it. Okay. And uh, she uh, she invited her friend Jordy, and then um, and I invited my my friend and roommate at the time. Her name was Alex. Then uh, yeah, we just drove down there, met him at a at a, like a, a restaurant bar thing, and that was the first time. Gave each other hugs, and then we talked through. Uh, you know, um, we were up late last night. La- that night just chatting and getting to know each other next morning woke up and just we went into arches and had a great time did some hiking um there was a big downpour and so we wanted to wait for things to settle 
we did rock of ages i don't know have you done rock of ages or mm -hmm. do you know which one that is okay i've heard so about the canyon that. the canyon is rock of ages the arch that you we repel next to is called pool arch um there's three repels and so it's not a high risk like uh, flash flood danger and so we just waited for the water to settle and once it settled we we started hiking and uh it's a big long hike it just goes up and up and up and up and then uh then you hit your first repel which is pool arch it's a two it's like a 180 foot repel okay. and so we just have to tie two ropes together and uh and go with that and i had uh my brother's rope and my rope i had just bought a new rope i have unraveled it on the first repel in fact i unraveled it and dropped it down and it gobbed up a little bit which was very disappointing to me because because I, I don't know, it just, I hate when that happens. <laughs> right, right. Yeah, especially, and so um, just a side note too is, um, and I, to me, this was my, my first mistake was me being the only one that was experienced. Um, I was with three friends, three girls that had never been canyoneering before. Uh, they didn't know how to set up a rappel. They didn't know how that all worked. They knew how to go down. Uh, they had all been on a rappel, but they didn't know um, the logistics of it all. So, so I um, sent the first person down. Uh, the the and that was the problem is like I had to stay up top, so I had to send somebody fairly inexperienced to go first. Um, I offered a block, and I shouldn't have offered a block. I should have required a block because they all declined. They didn't want to deal with it. Um, and one of them said, I've used a block before and it's a pain, so I don't want to use it. And I said, okay, if you feel comfortable without a block. And now I look back and it would have been, uh, I won't do that again. Um, I, if I'm sending somebody inexperienced down first, they're getting a block no matter what. <laughs> right, right. Um, then, <clears throat> Uh, so we sat down. The first one that was went down was uh, my roommate Alex, and she had to fiddle with the rope a little bit to get it to un, you know, unravel. When she got about halfway down, finally she got it to unravel. Was there at the bottom. She uh, then she sat as a safety safety belay for the next two, and then I went last. Tina went uh, right before me because she was the least experienced and uh, the most frightened. Then the second repel, we got to the second repel and we just were having such a great time. Um, and it was a, it's about a 50 foot repel, not a very long one. So what I did was I <clears throat> hooked up the rope, uh, dropped one end down until it got to the bottom, left the other half in a backpack. Um, and so it fed out of the backpack as she, as she repelled down. And this time it was Jordy, Tina's friend. And, uh, and then, you know, the reason for that is then you don't have to, uh, re, you know, pull the whole rope back in. It was just, uh, you just have half the rope that you have to pull back into the backpack. That was the mindset. And that's what the, the mistake was on the third repel. So um, that's yeah, what part doesn't make sense to me because okay. we've always thrown one side down. And then everyone repels on that side and then maybe the no. last person it was a dual rope repel it was uh so what it was is we threw the one side down and then hooked up to both ropes and repelled down and the other half of the rope pulled out of the backpack as you repelled down 
I have never ever heard of that. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah I had done it I've with some friends before them. on shorter rappels. Then you don't have to pull the whole rope. You don't pull the whole rope out of the backpack. You just leave it in the backpack and you rappel down as it feeds out of the backpack. Hmm. So normally we'll just block it, rappel single strand, and then like throw the rope bag. So the same in this case, it it does the same result, but I've never repelled double strand with part of it down and part of it out. Yeah. That is so weird. Is that a yes. same thing that you normally do? Is that no, not do? anymore. <laughs> okay. But um, that's how you it has, it. no, I had done it previous in other, in other canyons. You know, you got a 10, you got a 15 foot repeller, a 30 foot repel, you got a 200 foot rope. You don't want to pull the whole rope out. Um, and, uh, and most of the time I've repelled with a double strand instead of a block and a single strand. Hmm. Um, but if, if we do that, we just drop the bag and then everything's down. And we right. Ready. But instead of dropping the bag as it feeds mm -hmm. out, we just wear it as it goes mm -hmm. down. Interesting. Yeah. And then it then it doesn't uh, shred up your backpack from the. Well, I, I also use rope bags and not a backpack. So right, right. This was a yeah, right. Interesting. So, so yeah. that yeah. went well. Uh, we had a, we had a lot of fun. Then we uh, uh, went to the third rappel, and the third rappel is a hundred foot rappel. <clears throat> and uh, so I had. Well, by the way, I had done this canyon probably five times before this. So I was very familiar and uh, and so I went to the third rappel and there's two sets of anchors on the third rappel. There's one that is right on the edge. You have to like step right to the edge to get to it. And for me, being experienced, that's not an issue. Um, I'm okay with going right up to the edge, setting up the anchor and, and, and dropping down. But I know that there was some apprehension with the girls to get that close to the edge. They did set up another set of anchors that was about 10 or 15 feet over that uh, it came up. So here's the ledge um, and here's the anchors right next to the ledge. This one was over here so you can hook up. And what it's meant for is a safety chain to go over to the anchors. Okay. In my mind, I was like, why don't we just repel off of these anchors and then you can walk off it and back down it and it's a lot more comfortable. Right. Get weighted into it. That right. Makes sense. Especially because it's a free hanger repel, right? Yeah. Okay. So, okay. so that was my biggest mistake next to complacency. So I set up the rope. This rope didn't have a center mark. I dropped the one end down to make sure it touched. It's a hundred foot repel. So I figured um, she would go down feeding it out of the backpack again. And then by the time when she got out of the bottom, the rest of the rope would just be there were probably usually there's about three or four feet of rope that lays on the ground on that rappel. So she starts going down. And this time it's Tina's turn to go down first. She she uh, so she starts going down and uh, I heard her shout up. Is it okay if the rope falls out of the backpack? And in my mind, it had she had tipped back a little bit. It all fell out of the backpack and just fell to the ground. And she and she's and so I said, "Yeah, that's fine." And then she said, "So it's okay if it goes to one rope?" 
And I went, no. And I shouted, no. And then right then the rope went, Zoop, you know, and pulled through all the thing. I looked over the edge. I saw her hit the ground, it threw her back. And then she hit up against a rock. Uh, the initial hit is what broke her legs. Then when she got thrown back, that's what broke her pelvis. I saw her hit a rock and then she was laying there and she obviously started screaming. And, uh, and for a moment there, I thought we were stuck up there because she took the rope with her. And then like all, like it just went into uh, adrenaline mode. And I remember there was another rope. So I shouted to my roommate who had the other rope. I said, pull out that other rope. I set up the rappel. I looked at both of them and I said, I'm going to go down. If you aren't comfortable going, setting up the rope and coming down yourself, I want you to stay up here. And they said, okay. And then I went down by myself. I checked her. Um, I checked her legs. She had a bone protruding out of her, um, her ankle. Um, she said, <laughs> she's so sweet. She was so scared. And she goes, I know my leg is broken. Please don't describe it to me. I checked other things. She, she knew she could still feel her leg. So I knew that that was a good thing that she didn't damage her spine in any way. If she was like, I'm fine. I don't feel any, you know, pain or anything. Then I would have been really horrified, but she said she could feel everything, which unfortunately that's a good thing she has to be in pain but it's a good thing that she was in pain um my my boy scout mode my eagle scout mode went to survival mode where i thought i need to find a way to carry her out of here and uh and then the two up top just said we got this just go and then i ran three miles found a guy um to this is the canyon that you get to it's called pritchett canyon and so i ran three miles in pritchett canyon found a guy that had just stopped motorcycling was kicking back on his lawn chair well i said can you drive me into town because i had forgotten my keys my keys were in the backpack that tina was wearing um so he drove me into town i called called 911 man those guys were absolutely incredible they were i had a sheriff there within five minutes and i had an ambulance there within 10. Um, they were very calm. They caught, they helped me, um, calm myself down. Uh, you know, cause I was, you know, going into a panic a little bit. I didn't go into a panic until everything was taken care of. And then I just broke down and I cried. Um, and then I, um, then I went back with the team to help. And once they were there, they, they took care of her. Um, my roommate, Alex felt comfortable enough to come down and help. So she came down and repelled down herself, but Jordy did not. And she stayed up there. Um, and then once they took Tina out, Alex went with Tina and Jordy was up. They called a helicopter in and took, took Jordy out and, uh, just kind of left me there by myself with one other guy in the quiet. It was, uh, it was a surreal moment. We went out and I sat in a car, um, with a search and rescue guy and he asked me what happened and i told him and he said sounds like your biggest mistake was complacency because i didn't tie <clears throat> i was confident enough that the rope would reach to the bottom but i didn't take into account i changed it when i moved it over and that shortened the rope about 20 feet at least and so she came to the end of the rope 
the other thing is she um, unfortunately didn't know that if it goes to one rope, that's a bad thing. And so I didn't teach her well enough in advance those kind of safety precautions. And then I didn't tie knots in the ends of the ropes. Yeah. I, I've been doing this kind of thing my whole life. Um, I've been a rock climber since I was a teenager. Uh, I've ridden dirt bikes, mountain bikes. Um, I get hurt. My family gets hurt. We've all been part of that. Uh, mostly I get hurt from my own, my own mistakes. And the biggest thing that I struggle with is somebody else got hurt because of my mistake. And, uh, and someone as sweet as Tina, she's, she's been wonderful. She's kept me out of her story, which has been really sweet because she could, she has real reason to blame me to, um, to tell me, you know, like, this is your fault. Uh, even, you know, worse things. And she has I immediately started going to uh, trauma counseling and uh, just trying to, to work through it. So that's essentially the story. I just saw two set of anchors and thought, let's do this set without taking into consideration the lost amount of rope. That, that, yeah, I mean, the rope would have reached perfectly to the bottom if I set up the anchors and it would have been a good day. Um, but instead, I set it over there and... Uh, and because of that, there was an accident and uh, it was rough. I walked out with a uh, search and rescue canyoneering guide. And he said, that's one of the biggest accidents that happen is uh, going from a dual strand to a single strand and letting it slip through and falling from there. We're taking friends canyoneering this year. Some of them haven't been, so we actually held like a clinic to discuss the safety procedures, the equipment that they need and everything about that. I've been canyoneering three times since then. One of them was at Rock of Ages. I went to Rock of Ages again last September and I actually took a somebody, once again, a stranger, somebody that I met at Moab. And so all the anxieties and the PTSD kind of came back, especially when we got to that. But I knew that I needed to set up the rappel again and do it right this time and i did and we all got out safely safely and it was it was very therapeutic and it was good for me but then i uh i texted everybody uh tina jordy and alex when i got home and told them about my experience and they were positive about it yeah but tina's tina's special for sure you marked the rope in the middle now so you know yep. where the middle is um anything else you do different because of that i tie the rope together at the end um so and that's one thing that i said to to the search and rescue guy i said one time we tied knots in the end of the rope and then we pulled it through and forgot to untie it and we almost lost a rope um and he said tie them together tie the ends together and then you'll never lose the rope because you're you can't you know when you start pulling it through obviously you right. start pulling through it pulls the knot up and you go oh yeah and you you can untie it uh, so I started doing that, mark the ropes, um, helmets, um, and yeah, right. <laughs> I, oh my God. So, <laughs> so the search and rescue guy, when I was walking out, he goes, at least you guys were wearing help, helmets. And I go, uh, we weren't. And he goes, <laughs> I got a question for you. Do you mountain bike? I said, yeah, I love mountain biking. He goes, do you wear a helmet? Yeah. <laughs> 
Okay. <laughs> Do you ski? Yeah, I ski. Do you wear a helmet? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> this isn't any different. I'm like, you're right. I know. So I went, I bought mm -hmm. two helmets, actually one for me and one for somebody that may come without one. Um, what was I going to say? Uh, oh yeah. If I ever take somebody that isn't experienced, I will always give them, uh, like a, a rundown of everything, all the dangers, all the, you know, I might even share. In fact, I have in the past shared the story, you know, the accident, just to kind of solidify that bad things can happen easily. If you don't follow these procedures make sure they know what they're doing, make sure that they are comfortable. And, uh, and I also will never go where I'm the only experienced person. I will always mm -hmm. go when you have two experienced people, one person that goes first down the rope and one person that goes last down the rope. That's Nobody that way. Cause, cause an experienced person would have seen the rope come out and said, shit, they would have the been able came to out not long enough. Yeah. And then we could have done things to make sure they got down safely, set up the other rope or whatever mm -hmm. while they, they hung on. Um, mm -hmm. And they didn't know. She just said, so it's okay to go to one rope. And uh, she heard me yell no, but it was too late. Right. And so. Um, do you know, like, do you know the um, contingency blocks where you can just go like single strand and then lower somebody if anything happens from the top? Um, I've, I've never done that. You set up uh, like a, yeah. You can set up so, like a figure is usually pretty popular or like a mantra yeah, mule. Yeah. And then everyone just goes single strand. And then if there's an issue, you're able to unblock it from the top and then like lower somebody to the ground or something like that. I, um, when I talked to that guide, that canyoneering guide, he said he never does dual strand repels anymore. Yeah. Yeah. I don't, I thought that was the safer option and he's telling me that it wasn't. Mm -hmm. No, and because so, then you do have uh, options. Like if somebody gets a glove stuck or their hair, right. that's a common one. Right. That is hair a stuck in the rope, t-shirt, whatever. Yeah. Um, and then they're just on one rope. So you're able to, you have that other hundred feet or whatever, you can lower them to the ground. You're up in Salt Lake area. I'm in Ogden. Yeah. Ogden. Um, there's some people like Shane Wallace and uh, Bruce Shapiro that teach some classes. They're usually just like free, um, show up and learn some stuff. Oh, free. Might just be, yeah, it might be a great resource for you to just go to those and learn some stuff. I looked into a canyoneering certification course. It was like 200 bucks in Salt Lake. Right. And I was actually going to to do that because the one thing That's is if I'm, with it too, if I'm sure. willing to, yeah, exactly. If I'm because, willing to take strangers or yeah. inexperienced people then I want them to feel comfortable, like he's certified, he knows yeah. what he's doing, right. you know, for one, make me feel better about it too, because I'd feel like yeah. having that kind of knowledge, you know, make sure I know everything about it that is yeah. necessary to know. I went canyoneering the following, uh, Labor Day, that same year of the accident. You want to come? And we did Boundary Canyon in Zion. I don't know if you've done Boundary. I haven't done that one yet, but it's high <laughs> on my list. Fantastic. That yeah, is an incredible one. Yeah. We did it in on Labor Day, and that one was, it was dry then. So it's usually a running mm -hmm. waterfall the entire time, yeah. but we did it dry. Um, and it was really fun, but it was, uh, we did that single strand repel almost the entire time. And that's what they did is they used the eight knot. 
Um, yeah. I've always done the, uh, I can't even think of what it's called, where you get the carabiner, you do Clark the, Hedge, yep, yep, that's one. Yeah. And so I usually do that for my block, but that was the first time I had somebody do an eight knot. And I was like, oh, that's really cool. I like that. And uh, I actually saved, I kind of saved a guy's life. He uh, tied into the wrong side, the wrong, uh, mm. it, it was a single and he's tied on the block side. And uh, mm. he was about to go down and I stopped him. And I said, you're on the wrong mm. side. And he goes, you just saved my life. Right. <laughs> he would have gone, he was full on gonna go down yeah. that way. And, and I caught it and told him. So when we when we do single strand, we never put the pole side down. We always leave it up. That's a good idea. I like and that. So that they can't. You just have because when I was very first starting, we came across a girl that was doing Imlay Canyon, and we were coming out of Orderville. Yeah. So when we met at the confluence, there were some people that were like, "A girl just fell on this rappel, and she needs some help." And mm -hmm. one of my friends was a first responder, so part of our group went up to try to help her. Yeah. And that's what happened to her. She clipped to the wrong side of the rappel. And I was like, this doesn't make her sense to me. Like her gear is clearly worn. She clearly knows what she is doing. How did she clip to the wrong side? Right. And my friends were like, well, we never put the other side down. So that's why you've never seen how that would be a possibility. And I was like, oh, that makes sense then. When you but, don't, so the last person drops it down mm -hmm. to for the, oh, okay. That makes sense. Yeah. Sometimes yeah, the second to last person, depending on the rappel, sometimes the second yeah, well, to last person will take it to make sure that it reaches so that the last person doesn't have to do anything. Oh, um, yeah, that makes sense. But, yeah. yeah. But usually That's, most of the people go and it's totally safe. And then the one person was taking more of a risk. That's and very good practice. Because like that. of that, I will always clip in and make sure I'm clipped to the right side and then I'll throw the pole side. Yeah, just smart. Just I'm to make sure you're. Yeah, that's what. That's exactly what I was thinking when I thought about that. Like before yeah. you throw it down, you clip in and then throw it down. <laughs> yeah. 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 Oh man. Yeah. So I mean, there's just so much that we can all learn from each other. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. And that's that's the big thing is is I have my canyoneering partner that I go with most of the time. He's very detail oriented. He. He has all the gear, all the safety gear, all the emergency gear, like, and it's so, I love going with him because I trust him in everything. I will always run canyons with him because I trust him to do, not to do everything. I help out, of course, but I know that, <laughs> that he's, he's, he's done the research and knows exactly what needs to be done. Yeah. yeah. Another thing too about a class, if you put in, like, if you want to do a class, they point out scenarios that you don't really think of and then make you work through them. Oh, okay. So it's actually worth it because then you're like, oh, that's why you do the things that you do that way. You know what I mean? Teach you self rescue. They can teach you all things like that just for your own your own knowledge too. Yeah, yeah. Because anything can happen. Yeah. And uh, you know, one time I went with my brother on the same rappel as where Tina fell. It was the last one in Rock of Ages. We actually did a single single strand rappel. Um, and my brother started going down. I want to say it was uh, either an eight seven or a nine millimeter rope. And uh, and he was using an ATC. And when he started going down, he went about three feet and had to pretty much jam his hand in it because it wasn't stopping. The ATC it was too thin for the ATC, and so he had no braking. So he had to uh, wrap the rope around his hand and set up a block 
while he's hanging from the rope because it was yeah so so he's a little nervous about single strand as well but but then he went out and bought two critters and he won't even use an atc anymore because of that yeah. uh and i, I went out and i ATC. have what's that i hate the atc yeah it's I mean, the it's, thing with the atc is is everybody has an atc if they're if they have pretty much if you have a uh a harness you have an atc basically because you and so a lot of people have that and not everybody has a critter or I've got a piranha. Um, and I really like that because it actually, the piranha actually has a break slot yeah. where you just jam the rope in. So if something does happen, you can lock it in and then work with it. Yeah. Um, but, uh, but yeah, you know, things like that. I think about Tina, if she had something like that instead of an ATC, cause she was going down with an ATC, okay. she could have locked it in and yeah. uh and waited for us to set up some safety measures for her to get down safely but uh so that was yeah that was the one thing she thought of is like um what if i held on and couldn't hold on anymore and still fell or something like that so yeah yeah i was actually at this um north wash party with the guy who designed the atc oh yeah and I didn't realize it, so I'm totally talking trash about it. And, <laughs> oh, and no. they gave me like a couple of shots of tequila, right? And then I'm just like, the ATC fucking blows. And then he's like, keep telling me how much this is trash. And I was like, well, you designed it for climbing. Like in climbing, it makes sense. And I used right. it in climbing and climbing, it totally works. But in canyoneering, the only thing it's good for is like a top away if you need it for a kid or yeah. something. <laughs> <laughs> Do not like the ATV. Yeah. yeah, I I'll never go back to it. Um, I I bought two two piranhas. Same same reason why I bought two helmets is like, I I want to. Um, yeah, I want I want them to be safe, and that's a safer option than going with the ATC. Um, mm -hmm. The other thing, um, and it's on the education side, is I gave Jordy the the critter. She was using the critter. Um, and uh, the problem with that is that she didn't know how to use the critter. And so I would show her. I showed her on the first rappel, and on the second rappel, I, uh, she set it up while I watched to make sure she did it right. And, uh, and that's why she didn't – that's why she flew out on a helicopter because she was up there by herself and wasn't familiar go. with it, it yeah, enough to enough. feel like she could hook it up and go down safely yeah um and so what they told her initially is that they were going to have a team go up and do the entire canyon and get her that way which would have been at least a three-hour wait she would have just been up there by herself wow. um and we still had the rope <laughs> down and one one uh search and rescue member said that she could ascend it she's like i'll just ascend it but they right. declined they didn't let her do that uh and then finally they're like we're just gonna send in a helicopter i'm like okay just do that that sounds good yeah <laughs> where tina was they wouldn't even have been able to life light her out just because it was right next to the cliff it would have been a danger for the helicopter to be able to land and and it was mm -hmm. they they chose the best option to take her out they took her out on like uh side by sides and yeah, pretty Canyon is pretty. Like Four-wheeler four to the ambulance or something. Yeah, that's exactly it. They <laughs> this guy had this biggest like decked-out Jeep and everything. They had side by sides. It was, 
Uh, obviously, they didn't know what they were doing because it was Moab and they get calls. In fact, they told us that that was their fourth call, I think, of the day to go help somebody in danger. Mm -hmm. And they were, I don't want to say nonchalant, but they were calm. And it helped me a ton because I was shaking, I yeah. was crying, and they came up and they just asked me questions. They kept me calm. They asked me, you know, what had happened and and then they just they had a calm demeanor, an urgent demeanor, but a calm demeanor. And uh, and then we walked out and we were able to to get to her uh, and get her to safety. What what I struggle with the most is that it was smack in the middle of COVID and I could never visit her ever. Um, I wanted to I wanted to spend every evening at her side in the hospital and talk to her and and be there for her and i felt so completely helpless not able to do anything so all i could do was send her encouraging texts uh she wanted me to send her pictures of me out mountain biking or things like that because she was stuck in a hospital or stuck at home and couldn't go do those things and so that was she said that she really appreciated me sending her those pictures i felt i felt mm -hmm. bad doing it because i'm like it wasn't like a neener neener, but it was like a kind of You're a guilty. Like I'm, yeah, out I'm out here. My mistake puts you in the bed and I'm out here having fun and, right. you know, rubbing it in a little bit, but that's what she asked me to do. And so I did And it. Yeah, it was, it was really rough. It was really rough. And I, the, the guilt of it all was, was, uh, was a huge struggle. Once I, you know, I found out that she could, you know, she won't ever be the same by any means, but she, uh, when I saw her mountain biking for the first time, you know, on her Instagram, it just filled my heart with joy, you know, mm -hmm. that, um, that I didn't take that from her. I really, really appreciate you sharing your sentiment. Yeah. It's, it's good. It's scary. I mean, I shared my story a lot, shared the story a lot when it first happened and it's been a while since I've had to tell somebody. So when I got your message last week, it did. It sent me into like a PTSD. I, my heart started pounding. I, you know, I kind of had an anxiety attack and I didn't want to answer, but I knew that, you know, the idea of helping people not have this mistake happen to other people, that's yeah. valuable. That's important. And I want, I want to make sure that that happens. So I'm happy to talk about it. And yeah, I'm glad, I'm glad you thought about it. And Talk to Tina about it. Um, yeah. Yeah. I wanted to reach out to her first. Yeah. So. Thanks a lot. Yeah. Thank you. So I also feel like then I should ask you the other questions that I ask everybody. Okay. What's your favorite Canyon snack? Canyon snack. Oh man. You know, what's funny. Um, it's string cheese. Probably string cheese. Ooh, I love cheese. <laughs> <laughs> um, I get these little packets. They're RX. I don't know if you heard of RX bars or whatever, mm -hmm. but they have like little nut butter packets and they have like, uh, they have like egg whites in them and dates and it's all really healthy, but really good protein and stuff. Oh man, I go crazy for that. That is like my favorite canyoneering snack because it's just a small little pack you throw in your backpack it can get wet because it's you know all sealed up yeah i would say those are <laughs> those are fun. i love that perfect yeah. okay, how about after canyon beverage oh man after canyon beverage 
It's a good question. <laughs> just like a classic beer, a heffy. <laughs> yeah. I'm an IPA ladies. <laughs> oh, okay. IPA. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I uh I I like the I'm looking at my mini fridge right now, seeing what I have in here. <laughs> I, I discovered these golden spikes. You mm. to, maybe they'll sponsor me. Um <laughs> and they're like one of my favorite hefts. I, I think they're so good. And then uh uh the Arnold Palmer, the spiked Arnold Palmers are another favorite as well. Oh, I just had one of those not too long ago. They're not bad. They're damn good. I had one before this just to not like one does a lot, but right. Calms the nerves, maybe. Well, like on a hot <laughs> summer day, those would be great after a canyon. What's that? I feel on a hot summer day, those would be perfect. Oh yeah, absolutely. Sure. Yeah, they're really good. You have any other questions? Maybe yeah, if you could go anywhere in the world, where would you go and why? Oh man, okay, okay. It's it's uh, kind of stuck between New Zealand, <clears throat> New Zealand, because I'm a nerd and I watched the Lord of the Rings as a kid and oh, loved yeah. them, and I <laughs> <laughs> want to go visit all those mountains that they're hiking there. Uh, right? <laughs> mountain biking, uh, they have like this massive swing. Uh, it's like one of the biggest swings in the world or something, and I thought that would be way fun to do too. I'm that's pretty some sure cool that's over there too. Yeah, I bet you. That place mm -hmm. is phenomenal. So I, I just want to go there. I figured I could spend a week there and do something different every day. Um, mm -hmm. The other place would probably be, um, is it Switzerland? No. Yeah, Switzerland. Yeah, they have a cool Via Ferrata there that I've seen videos mm -hmm. of that I want to do. Yeah, that would be really fun. Switzerland. The apparatus are getting popular over here now, finally. Yeah, it's finally. It's been in Europe for so long, and I haven't done any, <laughs> but I always see it and go, I want to do that. Um, there's a there's a there's a one here in Ogden that is not open to the public. Um, I don't know how you get access to it, but it's a small one, obviously, because it's not. I mean, it's the just the Wasatch Front, but but it looks like it could be some some fun. But I don't know how I get access to it i don't yeah. know if it's like you have to take a class and then they take you up it i have no idea but some there's one into canab that i got to do when yeah with the um guy that i moved here to work for originally uh-huh i'm seldom seen adventures and it was like oddly more terrifying than like the 300 foot rappel in eagle said oh yeah it was just like i was out of my element i'm like leaning <laughs> over i'm like on these <laughs> bar things and i'm just yeah. like shaking i was terrified and i'm only 30 feet off the ground i'm like what is this right but then we got to take 250 youth members from the um enterprise church through uh -huh. the canyon in two days uh-huh and watching those kids go through that oh, was man. so impactful. Yeah. It was such an incredible experience just to be a part of that and be a part of like empowering them to help them overcome their fears and all that stuff. Yeah, that's cool. Some new people bought that property and now I think it's I think you can go through it again, but it had been closed for a few years now. So it's exciting to know that it's open again. Yeah, that's way cool. You said so it's down down south. Yeah, Canab. I think Rome Adventures is how you can go through it now. Rome Adventures. Okay. Mm -hmm. There's also that. one um, East Zion Experiences put one up in Mount Carmel, and that one looks really, really cool. I haven't done that yeah. one yet either, but they just put that one up last summer, and it looks rad. It has three or four different stages. I can't so imagine the work 
to set that up. Yeah, that's right. a lot of work. Right. The cables and yeah, and the maintenance, it's got to be crazy. Yeah. yeah. That's so cool. That's way cool. Anyway. Yeah, that's cool. I'm glad that they're showing <laughs> up here and I got to go experience those now. I've lived in Utah my entire life. I grew up in Ogden and I've lived an adventurous life my entire life. We grew up going to Moab every year, going to uh, the sand dunes, all of these things. And the crazy thing is I'm 35 and I'm still finding new things in Utah to do. Same. Right. Like you just can't explore it all. And people are like, why don't you leave the country and go travel come like because i'm still exploring what, I, what we have here in our backyard, backyard. <laughs> yeah. like there's so much you know and so it's it's pretty incredible i have some friends that do actually want to go up north though and go do the tetons which would be really yeah. fun too that would be a new experience for me as well mountaineering that's not my thing yet yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right. yeah. awesome but yeah Alrighty, um, it's scary. That should be fun, right? <laughs> yeah, hopefully. Yeah. <laughs> cool. Alrighty, Anything else? Question: Any safety advice you want to leave? Safety listeners? advice: Wear a helmet. <laughs> um, my the biggest safety advice I would say is: mistakes are made in every aspect of life. We are all human. We all make mistakes. Um, and so always bring somebody that has similar or better knowledge than you. So you could check each other's safety because like I said about, I like that a lot. And he's very familiar with canyoneering and even he's set up on the wrong, wrong strand. And that's all you have to do to make that small of a mistake in that's yeah. death or horrible injury. And so if you have somebody that can check you, and you can check them. That's probably the most thing, most important thing you can do. Well said. I like that. Thanks. All right. Well, I feel like the canyons are calling. Yeah. We should probably go. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. <laughs> okay. Well, we all have so much that we can learn from both Tina and this guy's story. It is such a sad and tragic situation. My heart goes out to both of them, as well as the two people that were in the canyon with them that day. Um, just a horrible situation all around. Shout out to Moab Search and Rescue for just a commendable job you guys do every day. I mean, in the summertime, four to what, eight rescues a day? I have no idea, but it's getting ridiculous. So we all need to be more aware. We all need to be more careful while we're out there. Um, if you're new to the sport, please get some classes. I mean, a couple hundred dollars compared to what Tina went through is totally worth it, in my opinion. You know, the price of a backpack is way <laughs> less expensive than the price of new legs. Um, make sure you have helmets. Make sure you're, all your group knows what they're doing. Um, these situations can be avoidable. Mistakes do happen, I understand. But when people have the adequate training, they're less likely. If you do have any ideas for the show, please reach out to me at thecanyonsarecalling at gmail.com. I have some stickers, beer glasses, and dog tug toys on my website at thecanyonsarecalling.com. I also have a link there for resources that will have classes in your area. 
If you're in an area that doesn't have classes available, please reach out to me and I can find out how you can get more training in your area. Other than that, I think I better go. The canyons are calling. <laughs>